Do we have enough wine left? Perfect. Okay. Um, welcome to episode 12. Episode 12, yay, um, of the Fix Your Sex podcast where we talk all things sex. I am your host, Amina, and I am a sex coach, tantric body worker, and all-around sexual revolutionary. I'm here to share my thoughts and hot takes on how and why we are having bad sex still in the 21st century and providing solutions and tips for great sex, hopefully for the rest of your lives. Quick disclaimer, this podcast is for grown-ups, so um, there are sensitive topics being discussed if you're under 18 or if conversations about sex and the usage of profanity bother you, you might want to leave. All right, so on today's show, uh, I'm going to talk about tantric alchemy, removing the contracts of past lovers, and tantra in the black community. And as usual, if I don't run too long, uh, I'll go over some questions in my inbox, but I don't know about that because the inbox has been a little off the chain over the last um, couple months, couple weeks, a couple months, I guess now since October, we're in December now. Yeah. So yeah, somewhere around that, somewhere between the time when Instagram deemed my non-vulgar account too vulgar for Instagram and deleted it. Um, and today my, um, my inbox, my DMs are a little overwhelming, but have no fear. I am currently hiring another assistant. So if you know someone who is, um, savvy with the interwebs, Hardworking, sex positive, and cute. Uh, okay, I'm kidding, but no, really. Um, have them send their resume over to Amina at atltantrafest.com, and I would love to talk to them or talk to you if it's you. Um, anyway, so let's first. First, I want to thank everybody that came out to my workshop on sex magic and tantric alchemy. It was my second time doing the workshop, it sold out again. Um, it's a hot topic, huh? Uh, who knew? The funny thing is, is that I'm a little long-winded if you can't tell from listening to my podcast. So once again, I didn't really get to go into tantric alchemy and what that looks like. So I want to make sure that I spend a little time tonight so I can direct all of the folks that were there last night to my podcast and just talk a little bit about um, what tantric alchemy, What what the fuck is it? We've talked a lot over the year um, about what Tantra is, and there's a lot of podcasts, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of Facebook pages, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, you put in Tantra, and you will find um, a million opinions on what Tantra is, but I've talked about what it looks like for me here and on other shows. Um, But what is alchemy? Alchemy is at the most basic level, it's magic, right? Or at least it's what appears to be magic to to the unknowing, to those that are not familiar with what's happening. Um, according to the dictionary, alchemy is, and I quote, a seemingly magical process of transformation, creation, or combination. So, um, so yeah, it's magic, right? Whether you believe in magic or not, Performing alchemy is magic. And in the old days, an alchemist was a usually crazy or deemed crazy person working to turn lead or other base metals into gold. Um, so alchemy is has this kind of connotation in the world, or at least in the Western world, in, in our 
Western language that it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not real. It's not real science, right? But ironically, um, alchemia, which is the Arabic word, where it's, it's where we got chemistry from in the first place. So it's the original chemistry. Um, you know, it's in, in relationships, we often talk about having certain chemistries, um, in order for us to be compatible, you know, as soon as somebody talks about who they met and especially if it's a whirlwind romance, they talk about that chemistry. That's why they're there. Something happened. Some, some, some chemicals happened. And really when you look at what it is, it's about transforming something that's kind of basic, right? Into something that's uh, spectacular. So, um, so that's what tantric, you know, tantric alchemy is kind of a combination of, of those, right? It's the bringing in the tantra, looking at how, you know, tantra, especially in regards um, to how we manifest things through our energy, through the development of our energy, um, how we access that and how we use that to transform some regular ass shit to some pretty divine ass shit. That's the summation, right? Um, just like old scientists work to... Uh, achieve the transmutation of metals into gold. We're working to convert some uh, some lower type energy into some gold, energetic gold. Um, that's what we're doing. Our, our kundalini energy is that gold. It's that powerful energy force, that, our life force. And when we start to understand what that life force does, what it looks like, how to um, how to handle it, how to manipulate it, how to control it, then we start to, um, we, then, then we can experience the phenomenon of transportation, right? We get to reach infinity, which is where the magic happens. I talked about this in my class last night, um, in my sex magic class, where I talked about the steps that we take to, um, to create magic through our orgasm. And sex magic is a form of tantric alchemy, or it is tantric alchemy, right? So, um, so when I talked about the steps, those steps are the steps of alchemy. Those are the steps of changing something that's just a basic, a basic function, right? We're all, well, maybe not all of us, but many of us are going out and we're having sex. We're doing this basic level um, function, this biological function where we, um, connect with other humans to feel better, to, to allow our body to release chemicals and expand hormonal, um, reach and, and all this, all this thing that we're doing is just, it's natural. It's what we do, right? So it's taking this basic natural function and learning how to manipulate the energy that's there in it so that we can create something great. And I'm not, there's, we, we already create babies, right? With heterosex. So we know that there's some power there, right? We know that we have this amazing creative energy that's already sitting inside of us. This creative energy that goes forth. And when we connect with um, the opposite, you know, genitalia, the opposite sexual organs, then we're able to create uh, a child, right? We create, we are able to create a bundle of cells that, through mitosis becomes a, a, a fetus or embryo first or however the whole science thing, you know, of baby making goes. I'm not a scientist, but I know it's embryo, fetus, baby, child, and then 18 years of 
problems. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I love the babies. Um, but so we use that same energy, right? We take that same energy and we move um, to create something else. So it's different. We have accidental manifestations. We have accidental pregnancies. Um, we want to do something different with with um, tantric alchemy. You're trying to change something. You're looking for a different outcome. So you have to set up your space and and set your intention and decide what your goal is to start on the steps of, to to be able to practice tantric alchemy. You have to identify what your goal is. What are you trying to bring forth in this moment? As you get ready to prepare for it and while you're setting the stage, while you're clearing your space and making um, making a, a ritualistic environment for um, for magic to take place, for this, this magic to the outside world, so magic to the untrained eye to take place. What are your goals? What are you going after? What do you need? What do you desire to make it? Are you able to measure these goals? Are you able to figure out um, how how to access them? Will you know it when it shows up? Identifying. Um, and then you want to also start to feel in your head what it feels like when you have that goal. What does it feel like to you? What are the emotions in your body? What are... Um, what are the things that that you want to experience when you have that goal in mind? And don't think about things that you don't want to experience. Don't think about the world as you wish you knew it. Um, think about exactly what it looks like. Visualization exercises, laying around, meditating, and seeing yourself there, and, and so that you can develop some some mantras, some colors, some feelings, some emotions that, that are going to be there. So that that's the mantra that you're moving into your um, your practice of magic, right? That's what you're bringing them to, uh, and then and then you start moving into sex. You start moving into your sexual experience um, without pressuring yourself to have an orgasm, but just harnessing the power of your kundalini energy, practicing to see what it feels like to access that. Instead of focusing on, okay, I got an orgasm, I got to I gotta make sure I pull all this energy up, just being aware of what, it, what this energy even feels like. Is this energy different than the energy that you had when you were just tender swiping and you hooked up with someone? How so? Like focusing on the power of the energy. Are you able to, with your breath, bring that energy up and bring it back down? Are you able to control the energy or is it controlling you? Focusing on things like that and allowing pleasure to happen. Let the orgasm come to you. Stop working so hard for an orgasm. Work hard for pleasure. Work hard to bring energy. And then when the orgasm arrives, um, return to the mantra. Return to what you were focusing on. That feeling, that emotion, that color, that scent. Um, and, and feel the result. Feel the results of your magic. In that orgasm, allow yourself to feel, feel yourself with your goal, right? And then from there, as you come down to the bottom of the orgasm, um, and you and you feel that you, you know, what it felt like to be 
whatever it was that you were seeking, um, then you just let go. And that's the, that's the fun part, right? Because that's where the magic takes place. You just let the magic do what it do. You go out into life and you already trust that what you did in this magical process is going to work. The alchemist doesn't keep looking back thinking that the lead is still lead. It does its process and it waits for the lead to become gold. You wait for your base energy to become divine energy. You wait for that energy to move out into the universe and to connect you with what you've requested. And then you go out and seek it. You don't sit on your couch. You don't sit back and hope somebody brings it to you. It's not coming in DoorDash. And Amazon Prime is not going to deliver it to your front door. So you have to start moving out into the world simply with the knowledge that what you did was magic. And you're just waiting on on the result. You're looking for the result. It's on its way. You will see it. Um, that's that's alchemy. That's the basic part of alchemy, right? That's it sounds pretty basic, but that's that's the base level of alchemy. Um, understanding the energy, being able to transform energy, understanding the power of the moon, understanding the power of the sun, of the earth, of the wind, of the of the water, um, and being able to use those energies to create what you want. Um, a part of tantric alchemy is astrology, being able to understand what the difference is in a certain time of the month. Um, not just the difference in the planetary alignment, but being aware of planetary alignment because there is a difference in the way our bodies and minds react to planetary shifts it's um and it's not just woo woo although it is pretty woo and i'm proud of my woo um but i mean we are like the woo clan not the wu-tang clan but the woo clan over here so it's just the idea though that you cannot deny that you know the full moon or super moon you roll around the world and ask women about how their menses is holding up and you will find out if you think it's just some um esoteric ideology You'll find out that there's some real science. It's not being researched, uh, mostly because science is a male-dominated field and periods have not been heavily researched. Menstrual cycles, emotional um, connections to planets will not be heavily researched for quite some time as we're just really kind of tapping the surface when it comes to um, advancing women in STEM. But I digress. I'm going to go ahead and get off that soapbox before I even jump fully on because I have other things to talk about today. And the beauty of alchemy is that it requires that you are able to trust yourself. Trust is at the root of this work. Trust is what we teach in Tantra. Our goal is simply that we develop uh, a different view of, of, of trust. How do we trust each other? How do we trust ourselves? How do we surrender to that trust? How do we allow ourselves to say yes to things that we truly desire so that we can live more fulfilled lives? So that we can have access to the things that we're supposed to have access to. Another form of tantric alchemy, which doesn't have as much to do with the actual orgasm, but with the same energy. So the energy 
of pleasure, the energy of orgasm is one of the most powerful forces that we can summon. But there's also energy in our other emotions, like anger, like jealousy. And to summon that energy, to learn how to utilize that energy when you're um, experiencing it, it's as important as it is to utilize the energy that you get from, from pleasure and from the orgasm. And it requires a bit of understanding. It requires some shadow work. It requires looking at your dark side. Because more often than not, most people, especially those of us here in the West, which is all that I really have access to for the most part, um, it, we, we deny our emotional responses. We live in a state of denial with them. When we're angry, we're like, oh, I wasn't mad. I was just blah, blah, blah. Or when we're jealous, we come up with something else about that jealousy. It wasn't jealousy per se. It was, I felt disrespected. Um, Instead of actually checking in on what the emotion is, where it's coming from, what, what the charge is behind it, how to grasp that energy, how to utilize that energy, how to be grateful that we get to experience these other emotions. And, and transmutate the energy to something else greater. So it's not just in your um, in your sexual path, but these energies, these emotions are a part of your sexual experience. The, um, and all of your creation, all of your magic, all your creativity is going to come from your sexual center. So we focus on that in tantric alchemy. We look at that, but we utilize, we access everything else that we have. We look at all these base functions of the human body, all of these base functions of the human psyche, the, all of the emotions, all of um, our ability to create, and we bring that in and we work on control, on the ability to bring something forth or put something back. How do we, how do we allow these energies to move through us? And then we are able to to manifest from the manipulation of that energy, you see. So that's what tantric alchemy is. I know that in um, in my class, I keep getting to the end of class and it's like, we went super long last night and everybody's like, yo, where is that part? So we went over it. Um, I talk about it often and I'll continue to teach that class because I think that it's really important information for folks to realize how to access it. Um, also, and this is at that time for that magical segue that I do. But a lot of it also is the, you need to be able to create that space, you know, from step one. And a lot of times that space is not just about candles and about um, incense and, um, you know, essential oils in this loving space. But a lot of times it's actually about literally creating space in your body. We're holding on to contracts from past lovers or from expectations that we had about a lover that we didn't even get. Um, Coach Kyer always talks about the, um, you know, the romance idea that we have concocted or that we've allowed ourselves to be um, bombarded with through through media, through co- magazines and um, and movies and just this idea that this is what love is supposed to look like. And so when it doesn't happen, when the romance doesn't come in the way that we anticipated romance to come in, it must be me. Where we create this ongoing thing, this ongoing understanding of ourselves and how we identify our sexual power instead of, instead of knowing how divine and how powerful and how strong we are individually as sexual beings. 
that we we become muted we become less powerful we diminish our our flame and we turn the gas down all the way down low because we're see- and we don't even realize we're doing it we don't even see it it's a it, these are contracts that we've written with ourselves or with Walt Disney or with um Showtime or whoever else folks are watching today these days for um and to develop their idea of what what romance is supposed to look like what love is supposed to look like through romance and these contracts are holding us back from being able to be magical right so it, we have to learn how to release these contracts release the debt that we feel someone else owes us um whether it's a lover or a perceived lover an anticipated lover um, and sometimes it's lovers from previous lives, um, lovers from previous, previous existences that we have to release. We have to let go of, we have to tell ourselves that we are whole and we are complete and we do not have to fulfill anything more on that contract. We've already, we've already fulfilled all our contractual obligations and it's time to release those contracts to no longer live to those standards that we've established because we're supposed to, um, do A, B, and C according to the original contract. So according to um, the, and I, I talked to a client recently about this, where, you know, you have a situation and you've been with the lover and the lover is amazing. They are so good in bed. They do everything that you want them to do because you have that chemistry. And, um, and then after everything that you've ever wanted done in bed, um, all, all your bells are ringing, but you don't, something else isn't going on, right? You're unsatisfied in the relationship. The relationship dissolves. You grow apart. Whatever happens, you're no longer together. And you go into a new relationship. You move into a new relationship, oftentimes looking for what you had in the last relationship. Sometimes that's sexual. Sometimes it's um, physical. It's mental. But you're, you don't let go of that. So you're, you still have this contract and your body's still trying to fulfill it. Your spirit is still trying to fulfill this this connection, this contract that you have. And so you're not able to um, to fully access your own magic because you're stuck in this place. You're stuck in this place of, um, of repeating your trauma, repeating your pain, because you, you almost need it. It's, it, I mean, it's, you know, not too completely different from the way you get up in the morning and you make your cup of coffee. Yeah, sure, you could do without it if you're like a one cup one cup. If you're like a multi-cup, this is not a metaphor for you. But for those of us that are just drinking a cup of coffee in the morning, we can do without that cup of coffee. But we we don't because we need it. We we like the need also because we haven't released ourselves of the obligation to continue life without that coffee. All we know that, and the body, the mind desires to be in a space that's comfortable, and what you know is comfortable. What you don't know, you don't know. You don't even know what you don't know. That's in the subconscious mind. But what you do know is this feels good. Gotta stay here, even though it may hurt, even though I may be shooting my blood pressure up through the roof. I may be jittery. I know this feeling. I'm comfortable here. I'm going to stay over here, and that's what we do. Um, with love and we end up with these contracts that occupy space that could be better used for healing and magic and so we can't be fully magical beings because we're too um, 
we're too congested. And some of us have had a lot of lovers. So it's a lot of congestion. Some of us have had one real heavy lover. Still a lot of congestion. Right? We have to clear that. We have to work to release that. And so we can, you know, go forth and practice the alchemy. Because otherwise, our alchemy won't be powerful. And we won't have the trust we're supposed to have in ourselves anyway. So you do all these works, all those other steps I talked about. And then you get to a space where you're supposed to just go and believe the magic is going to happen. And you're not going to believe that shit. You can't believe it because you're still holding on to all this other shit and shit ain't working out for you because you're heavy. You're being weighed down by all this other shit. You can't move your energy. Your chi is not flowing. Your life force energy, you can't even recognize it because it's stagnant. It's being stopped. You have dams build up. You have a dam in your heart chakra. You have a dam in your in your sacral chakra. And the energy is not flowing in the way that it's supposed to be. So there is no magic to take place. Sure, you might have a little magic, but but that's not what you're designed for. You're designed for explosive, orgasmic magic. How do you get there? How do we make sure that that's what's happening? We have to clear out this old shit. We have to get it away from us. We have to release ourselves of the obligation. We have to express gratitude that these lovers were there in the first place. Or gratitude that we even had the ideas planted, that we were able to see them. And, and and gratitude for what we got from it. And then release the negative. Release the part that we're holding on to the guilt, the fear, the hurt, the anger, the jealousy, all of those emotions that are trapped from that. That we can't utilize that energy because it's heavy. It's burdened by the contract of those past lovers. So, yeah, that was my segue into this part two. I just want us to, you know, realize our power and to realize that we could access our power, but it's, it's, you know, we can't limit ourselves. So, um, so work to clear yourselves. I, I do a lot of clearing sessions with women, um, and men, you need some clearing too. I get a lot of women that come in for clearing, for clearing past lovers and past sexual experiences and, um, you know, we, it's like, I, I talk about trauma and the size of trauma and all trauma is traumatic. <laughs> all of it. It doesn't matter if it was some major trauma, some humongous thing that happened or some super small thing that you're like, man, I, I'm, I'm be okay. Yes. You were going to be okay, but that was so traumatic. Are you addressing it? Yes, you'll survive, but do you just want to be okay? Or do you want to be orgasmic? Do you want to be amazing? Do you want to be super powerful? Do you want people to feel your divinity when you walk in the room? Are your energetic fields, all of them, that expand outward from you, are people going to be able to realize them and see your aura and feel the power? Let's release some of the other shits that they can. And you're not expected to be able to do it all on your own. Find a community. Find meditation groups, circles, spaces that, um, that you have access to. And... This is especially important to me, especially speaking to the black community, those of us that, um, you know, live in environments where when we go, it's hard to be vulnerable because there's nobody else that looks like us or that comes from the cultural background. Try to access um, providers and, um, and uh, instructors and coaches who understand where you come from, someone who you will feel comfortable being vulnerable in front of. 
It's really important. That's why I started the Institute. That's why we're here, right? It's, I realized that that was, that was a big hangup. I'm as free and open-minded as I think I can be sometimes. But when I show up to an event where we're um, expressing all of our deepest, darkest secrets and we're, we're accessing our, our shadow and we're doing, you know, going into old fam- familial trauma and we realize that ours looks totally different. You realize what you've experienced, no one else in the room has even heard of because they are not black or they don't come from a family that's that's black and urban or they don't have any sharecroppers um, that raise them and et cetera, et cetera. It's a different it's a different space to be in. It's a very hard space to be in. So, um, and by hard, I mean challenging. Like, it's like, it's tough. It hurts here. I don't feel like I can express myself in the way that I should be able to express myself. It's important to, um, to find places for healing that you can be yourself in. The Atlanta Institute of Tantra is doing that. And one of the things we're not going to do, we're not going to move towards accreditation. We're just, we're not, it's not something that we're interested in. Um, I don't believe, I paid a lot of money for my 200 hour yoga teacher training. And I'm grateful for it. And I understand the idea, but let's face it. My ex-fiance, she was an Indian woman. And um, if she was to go teach yoga as her practice, most places would forbid her from it here in the West. And the reason why they would forbid her from it is because she has no 200 hour. She has 200 centuries of, or 200 years or longer of a familial history of um, yoga and yogic tradition. But that's not what works in America or in the West. So in the West, we need you to be accredited. And a lot of it is appropriation. A lot of it is um, a group of folks who were doing it, who had nothing to do with the tradition and decided that they were going to figure out a way how to monopolize it, how to, how to cash in on it. And because of that, we're just now starting to see yoga teachers of color in many communities. We are, uh, you know, uh, people of color in this country are still really recovering from, um, from a, a really horrible recent history in America. My grandmother was a sharecropper. That makes it challenging for my family to have generational wealth established. Going to college was a priority for my generation and my family um, because we didn't have access to it, right? And for many of us, we went to college, we got four-year degrees for about the same amount of money that I paid for my yoga teacher training. When faced with those two options, the idea that you can go and, you know, your family is telling you this, what you're supposed to do, you need to get your college degree. You need to be the first in the family. There's a burden on you. There's a weight that you're carrying to, to be the first in the family or to not break this new tradition that we just got access to, to f- graduate from college. Or you can go and become certified in Tantra or certified as a yoga instructor for about the same cost in state schools. Um, it's a pretty much a no brainer, right? Within the black community. And so we're just now having folks that are able to move out of that root chakra, move out of that survival mode 
and say, okay, I want to do some work on healing that's outside of the context of um, LCSW or MSW, because we have a lot of us in those fields. The the social work field is is filled with, with people of color, women of color especially. Um, and so having Tantra in the black community, it looks, it looks different than it does anywhere else because of that. And I understand and will never, ever knock another woman's hustle, another man's hustle. Well, yes, I will. Let me take that back. I will totally knock it when it's appropriative and, um, and also oppressive. But I understand that there's a lot of time and work and all of that that goes into becoming accredited. I mean, hell, just for me to do the application for my 501c3 for the Institute, um, I, 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 it's, it was heart-wrenching. I do not like that kind of paperwork, right? That kind of research, that kind of meeting time that we had to set aside for, you know, the creation of bylaws and things like that. So I understand that there is this idea that we are, you know, we're in the West, we want to be compensated for our time, um, I just also, I'm grateful that I have a practice that is thriving. And so I don't have to rely on that money. I'm not trying to become a millionaire from sacred knowledge. This is the knowledge of, this is ancestral knowledge. And I think we need access to it more than anyone else. And so my classes will always be $25. You know, my my intensive classes... There will always be a hundred dollars, um, or a hundred dollars a week if you're doing the the ten week. I'm never going to go. I was going to double my prices, um, but it's more important to me that folks are starting on the path that I can look around in my community and see work happening and taking place, and and that I can start the healing circles. When I first moved to Atlanta and I started having meditation and sacred sister circles. At my little bitty apartment in Bankhead. Um, and the, it, we'd be packed in here. We'd be so packed. It was ridiculous, really. Um, but it made me quickly realize that this is missing. Right? There's yoga studios that are opening up in the hoods, quote unquote, now. Um, West End is no longer a hood, but we have a beautiful new yoga studio that's opened up over there. We have a yoga studio that's over here on the tail end of Bankhead, what they're now calling the West Highlands. Um, but we just, the, these things weren't, these are new. These are new developments, right? We didn't have access to this. So I want to make sure that we continue to keep access, that we continue to keep the doors open, and that folks that don't look like they're supposed to be there feel comfortable coming. Because we're not all going to show up in Lululemon um, and Athleta and be able to sit in full Lotus. You know, I bring extra cushions because I know this is for the first time. Sometimes people have sat on the floor in a long, long time. And it's completely uncomfortable to do that. I get it. These are the things that that are being missed. Um, and I, I want to make sure that we hold on to each other and we hold space for each other so yeah okay well that's my that's my soapbox I'm gonna I'm gonna quit there um I did have 
a couple of questions that I was thinking about answering from from the inbox. Um, but I'm going to stick with just the easy one. Where am I coming to next? So for those of you that were able to attend the Atlanta Tantra Festival here in October, um, of course, we have another one coming up in 2019 in October that I'm super excited about. But we also have um, a couple of pit stops. So we are doing a little mini festival in a lot of cities. We have Charlotte coming up. We have um, Houston, Philly, Chicago, New Orleans, all coming up soon. So please, if you're not on my mailing list, do go and sign up. Um, you can join my mailing list on my website, which is www.atltantra.com. Um, and and that, that's what's next. That's what's coming up. I um, and have been invited to speak at the Women's March in Birmingham. So I'll be there. And if you're in Birmingham, please come out. We have finally wrapped Tantric Tuesday for 2018. Um, so we will resume in 2019. We have our canisexual um, cuddle puddle coming up for New Year's Eve. For information on that, just shoot me an email at amina at atltantrafest.com. And, oh, we have the Sip Sage and Shop, which is completely sold out. So there's no point in really talking about it. If you missed your tickets, I am so sorry for you. It's going to be a blast. That's our um, our holiday kind of event, if you will. It's the 21st. So I hope to see you there if you have gotten tickets. If you haven't, I'm giving away tickets all week on Instagram. So go follow me there at ATL Tantra. If you're looking for me, I'm not Atlanta Tantra anymore on Instagram. They took that one away um, because I speak about sex too much. There's nothing explicit in the photographs. But um, such is Big Brother. Otherwise, yeah, I think that's it. That's all I got. That's all, folks. Um, Thank you for tuning in to another episode and to continue listening this long. Sorry if I was long-winded for you, but I had a lot to talk about. And um, I will see you in right before the new year with my last podcast of 2018. It will be 12 podcasts in one year. I have reached a goal that is the average of one podcast a month. Even though we didn't have one every month, we had 12. So I'm proud of that number. Anyway, um, thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you at an event at a, in a city near you. Peace.